Hey, and welcome to another episode of Liberty's Lantern. Today we're going to be talking about one of Libertarian's favorite topics, Austrian economics. And we're going to give you a kind of a basic primer and kind of where did it start, what are the main ideas, and four of the people that inspire me to be an Austrian economist. So, hold on to your hats, there's going to be a lot of information and we're going to go over it pretty darn quick. So, we're going on for a little bit of a ride. And we're back. So, Yes, today we're going to be talking about Austrian economics. What makes it unique? What makes it different? And why do libertarians love it so much? Well, I can answer that. It's because it's based in logic and reason. One of the things that you'll hear a lot of Austrian econo uh, economists talk about is the fact that economics is organic. It's not something that you can rely on to produce the same output every single time. Therefore, using mathematics to talk about economics, while it can work in a theoretical sense, because it does not have the same outcome every single time, it's not a mathematical equation and it's an organic equation which is much more difficult and use, requires to have logic and reason instead of mathematics behind it. So we're going to talk about kind of what makes Austrian economics different. Well, the first thing is the methodology, and that's what we were just talking about. The fact that it doesn't use solely mathematical algorithms to come up with their expectations and their reasoning of why the economy is going to react the way it is. Because mathematics is a science. It is an a absolute hard science that no matter how many times you take one plus one, it will always make two. And we can see very easily that that's not the case in economics. You can do the exact same stimulus package or whatever, and it'll work beautifully the first time. The second time, you'll have very different outcomes or diminished returns or whatever, and that's where the problem comes in. You cannot use a lot of these other economic schools out there and have reliable results. The next thing that makes Austrian economists different is what determines price. So if you go back to Adam Smith or even Keynesian econ uh, economic thought, they always bring up the supply chain. So how much did the raw material cost? How much did the labor go into refining that raw material? How much did shipping cost? How much are the labor costs to sell the item? What's the inherent profit values? All of that, what goes into that? And yes, for certain manufactured goods, that is absolutely true. There is no denying that, that 
there are certain items out there that do follow that methodology very, very clearly. But in today's electronic world, you see that that unravels very quickly. People are getting paid tens of thousands of dollars for producing videos just like this on YouTube. I'm not one of them, trust me, I'm not. But there are people out there. Well, the cost to produce this video is minimal. There is no raw material being consumed, so this should be a very low value item. But it's not. There are advertisers who want to buy advertising space on a lot of these YouTube videos, and they're now having very well-paying jobs for just kind of ranting on the internet. The same thing goes with real estate. Well, land cost is inherently driven by the market. However, according to Keynesian theory or even Adam Smith theory, the cost of an item is what influences the market. But with real estate, you can see that it's the cost of, it's the market that determines the cost of the item. So it goes backwards sometimes, and that doesn't make sense, and it breaks their mold. Whereas in Austrian eco, uh, economics, the cost of material, the cost of labor, the cost of distribution, the cost of sales, all of that is virtually ill irrelevant. It doesn't, it, it obviously adds to the cost, but that does not decide the end cost of an item. It all comes down to how much are you willing to pay? How much are you willing to fork over for this item? Another perfect example is we have clearance racks where a lot of these companies are selling at or below cost of the item, they're doing away with their profit margins entirely because they need to recoup some of their cost of manufacture. Well, according to Smith or Keynes, you wouldn't have that. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be an entity because it's not possible. However, because the market has said, I don't want that product, that product is not what I want. It's not the right color, it's not the right whatever. Retailers then go back and they mark things down to an at or below cost because otherwise they're stuck with it. In Adams or Canes, what they would do is the retailer would then pack up that merchandise, put it into storage and hope that they could sell it at the original retail the next season. But that's not what we do. We operate retail as though we are Austrian economists. We operate our digital age in a mentality of Austrian economics. We live in, a, in an age where information is money. But information is intrinsically valueless because it doesn't consume natural resources. It doesn't consume any of these things, but we have added a value to it and that is directly linked to Austrian economy. So next is what determines interest rates? 
Well, so if you ask uh, a Keynesian uh, economist or even what the Fed right now is, it depends on the amount of capital that exists. So the lower the amount of capital that exists, the higher the interest rate. The less, oh, I'm sorry, the more, the more demand for capital, the higher the interest rate. The lower demand for capital, the lower the interest rate. However, we don't operate that way anymore either. Even though we claim to be in a Keynesian economy, we don't because we have had consistently low interest rates regardless of the demand for capital. Our Fed doesn't raise interest rates. And the reason they're not doing it is because they're fearing a stall of the economy. Well, in the Austrian uh, school, what they're saying uh, determines the interest rate is that it's a subjective decision of individuals to spend money now, or are they going to spend their money in the future? Well, that's exactly what we're doing with the Fed by holding interest rates low, we're encouraging people to spend their money now. So low interest rates, historic low interest rates that we have today are a direct result of Austrian economy. But we're operating as though we're in a Keynesian economy. So we have this weird hybrid going on and that's why things don't seem to click very well. The next aspect is why does inflation affect different people differently? Well, so if there's inflation and this is going to increase the rates of some goods and not increase the rates of other goods as much. So that's where you get the entire inflation tables where, you know, the supply of petroleum brings up the price of oil, whereas the price of corn, because there are so many corn growers, but the price of oil does affect them, it only goes up a little bit. So inflation doesn't happen simultaneously all the way up and down, it happens stagnated. So by what products you use and what products you don't use, inflation is going to change how affected you are by it, which makes sense. Not everything inflates at the same rate. And there are also Austrian economists that say that inflation is by design. So especially, this is very, very true when you look at Currencies like the American currency where we're set to the GDP we don't we and almost every currency on earth is now set to a GDP or GNP or whatever and They've most economies have gone off of a metal standard or a market basket standard or, or whatever other standards there are out there and there are quite a few But by leaving that so let's take a look at if we would have stayed on the silver standard. So in 1966, this isn't even the highest ratio that it's ever been, but in 1966, we were in the silver standard. 
minimum wage was 46 cents, right? 46 cents an hour, but we were on the silver standard. Everyone could get a good living out of 46 cents an hour. Now let's fast forward to today. Our minimum wage is $7.25. And we are screaming bloody murder that people can't afford basic human rights or basic living expenses in the United States any longer. Well, a perfect example is inflation. So inflation's gone up and up and up, but the production levels have, or, or the pay levels, have followed the money and not the the actual demand values that we have. So people are willing to pay more and more and more for their goods and services, but we are fixing it at the production rate. So the production rate has gone up, but the the curve for the demand or the dem our, our assumed value on items has gone up even faster. Now, if we had our economy set to silver, which is a demand item, we would have a minimum wage. If it was still set at 46 cents, that inflation would match the assumed value that you had with the other, uh, with all your other products, and your assumed value would make a 46 cent silver standard wage in the United States today, approximately $14.25. So that's where the entire inflationary scale and GDP affixed currency values don't line up. Then what causes business cycles also changes when you look at Austrian economy. Because when you're looking at the business cycle, you're talking about recessions and boom periods and all of that. Well, if there are institutions such as the Fed that are artificially changing interest rates, well, then you're going to actually be creating your own booms and your own recessions. But you have to understand that you have to balance them. And you're also going to create market bubbles by forcing uh, lending and all of that stuff. So the business cycle actually can be organic, but we no longer see it as an organic because we're applying Keynesian theory to it. So in the bottom line, you're looking at Austrian economy being mathematically based, however, using large portions of reason and logic behind it, whereas Smith... Um, economy or the Keynesian economies use predominantly mathematical equations. So let's talk about the founder of Austrian economy. The Austrian economy here, and I'm going to show share my screen with you, that is Karl Menger. Karl Menger is the uh, the founder of the Austrian school. He did, uh, he was born, oh, whoa, 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 I'm sorry about that. Wow, I am having problems bringing up my screens. Okay, so Karl Menger here, he was born in 1840, uh, and he is credited with the founding of the Austrian School of Economy. Uh, and he brought forward a lot of the, the tenets that we just talked about, and he was really the first person ever to really start 
talking about logic and the fact that the economy uh, can be uh, organic. And this all occurred uh, with while he worked at a newspaper. And he started talking about price determination with the, with the newspaper. So just by doing that and looking at the value of information, he was able to determine the future of, well, I mean, Austrian economy uh, or economics. So already back in the 1870s, you had a value of information. So a newspaper that was more trusted could charge more on their newspaper print that they were running, not because there was more there was more material consumed, but the value of the material was higher. Therefore, you had a higher valued newspaper. Then you also had uh, I'm sorry. So that brings over us to the next individual who we all know and love in the Libertarian Party, and that's Friedrich Hayek. And Friedrich Hayek was born in May of 1899, uh, and he has been quoted throughout the 20th century. Uh, he, he studied in London, in Chicago, in Freiburg. He, he was all over the map. He's been quoted by Ronald Reagan. He's been quoted by um, Margaret Thatcher. He was probably one of the most influential Austrian economists that we've seen. And he's also the one that, that came up with the entire idea that economy is organic. And that is that was extremely important realization and correlation uh, to justifying the logic that goes behind the Austrian economic school. Next, one of my favorites is Ludwig von Mises. Ludwig von Mises, uh, he was, he was uh, born 1881, so he's, he's older than uh, Hayek. Uh, and Mises has a lot of uh, great quotes. And if you're not familiar with some of his work, uh, I, I definitely... Inf encourage you to look him up because he definitely has written a lot of great, great material, especially on the fallibility of other uh, economic systems. He has written extensively on the dangers of socialism uh, and the welfare state, in fact. So, Definitely something that I think a lot of people really need to read is, is his work. Much more contemporary is uh, Israel uh, Kurtzner. And he's, he's still going. He's still teaching uh, in New York, uh, NYU, in, in, in New York City. And he's very, very influential with especially market pricing. Uh, he's done a lot of great work, uh, especially in regards to 
competition. Uh, he came up with something called the model of perfect competition. And uh, it, again, his is probably out of all Austrian economists, I find him to be one of the more difficult ones to read because he does get bogged down in the minutiae at times. However, a lot of his theories have really brought forward ideas that no one even kind of took in Austrian economics, which is, is really, really great. Uh, if, uh, if anyone has the, uh, has the gumption, I highly recommend Market Theory and Price System. Uh, you can find that on uh, Amazon, I'm sure, but uh, that is uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, books that he's written. I, I think that may even be his first. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, another one that he uh, wrote that I really like is Competition and Entrepreneurship. Uh, that is also an excellent, excellent read, but like I said, he does get bogged down in the minutiae at times, so I do warn you on that one. But hey, <clears throat> so that's a basic, basic primer on Austrian economics. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll let you go from there. I want you to check out these four economists I've been talking about. I know I own some of their works. I know I've read them. Uh, even a lot of their material is completely free on the internet, uh, especially some of the older ones where the books are now considered open source. So uh, definitely check that out. Uh, and it's very easy to see how this system of economics can be applied, especially to a modern society where we're moving more into the digital and the ethereal product where and physical manufacturing while still extremely important uh, is not necessarily the most valued items out there so definitely something that i want all of you to check out i also want you to check out liberty's lantern online Make sure you give us a read. Uh, we've redesigned our website at libertieslantern.com. You can find all of our videos cross-linked from YouTube on there. You can also find links to our, our Facebook page. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you watching. I hope you found some great information on this. And uh, till next week, you have a great one. And always think about liberty. Thank you.